Welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. We are a Catholic young adult ministry located in Kansas City with a mission to be the community that inspires and forms our generation to be saints. In today's episode, we will feature a young adult from our community who will share how they encountered Jesus and how they strive towards sainthood in their everyday life. Hopefully, this will encourage you in your pursuit of everyday holiness. Thanks for joining in on this episode of City on a Hill. Welcome back to another episode of the City on a Hill podcast, where we interview Catholic young adults in the Kansas City metro area to get their stories of faith. I'm your host this evening or morning, whenever you're listening to this, uh, Father Andrew Mattingly, Director and Chaplain of City on a Hill, and happy to be here today with Mr. Seth Hummer. Seth, great to have you on the show. Glad to be here. Yeah, and um, I was trying to think of a banter question to ask you before <laughs> uh, before we started. And for our listeners, this episode may come out anytime between March 2021 and August 2021, somewhere in that window. Right now, though, it is the first week of January 2021, <laughs> so we just finished Christmas and New Year's. So, Question for you, Seth, is do you have a most memorable Christmas as a child? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, I have three brothers, mm-hmm. and I remember just being a young kid. I remember like believing in Santa Claus. Yeah. And in our house, we have uh, like on our main floor, we have like a Christmas tree, all the presents in the living room, and then we have another floor that's uh, you can see down. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I remember laying on my stomach with my little brother, Michael, and just like committing ourselves to like staying up all night nice. just to see Santa Claus. It's <laughs> like, we're going to see this dude. Like we got our chimney right there. Like that's awesome type of thing. And, uh, of course we fell asleep, and, <laughs> you know, we didn't see him obviously, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a good, great memory. That's great, man. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I don't know if I ever had the gumption to commit myself to try to <laughs> stay up all night and see Santa <sighs> Well, that's great. Um, good. Well, we'll just get right into it. So, um, yeah. as always, the question is just, uh, yeah, or or the the prompt. Just tell us how um, how the Lord has worked in your life from early years up to now. <sighs> that is a great question. Um, so, just starting out with my family, like I said, I have three brothers, no sisters. Praise be to God. Uh, <laughs> My mom saying that, not me oh, uh, specifically. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, she's thankful. After like two or three boys, she's like, "God, like I just like want some more boys. Like I know how it works. I don't like you know." Oh, she nice. she wanted some daughters, but uh, you know, it just happened. She, she that got way. used to the routine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, cradle Catholic. Um, just raised north of St. Joseph, Missouri. And, uh, yeah, we were just like the typical American family. I think we weren't super into our faiths, but we went to Sunday mass at St. Rose of Lima in Savannah, Missouri. And that's, that's what we did. We, um, we didn't really do any extra prayer or, you know, we didn't, we didn't think about it too much. It was just mm-hmm. nice and easy. Like we were just doing our ticket in, ticket out, like, uh, for the Sunday mass, um, being raised with the three other brothers, we were really intense with wrestling because it just made it easy. Because like, if you do soccer and baseball and wrestling and like boxing or all these other sports, it's like the family's all divided oh, and yeah. everywhere all the time. So dad made the uh, calculated decision early on that, uh, <laughs> well, if we only do one sport, nice, it'll be really easy on the family. And um, yeah, from the age of 
you know, four, five, six to 18, we did it really, really intense, hmm. which is, uh, you know, it was really good for me. It, it created lots of great values in me. And, uh, also with those great values, there was definitely those traumas and those chains that, uh, were there in my life. Um, but yeah, growing up my faith, if I had to describe it, it was malnourished. It wasn't, hmm. it was hungry and like thirsting for the Lord, but I didn't know it at the hmm. time. Um, so yeah, it just, it was basically like that. Um, leading on to whenever I was older, like middle school, high school and stuff like that. Um, still didn't really know the Lord terribly well. I went to like NCYC with Our Lady mm -hmm. of Guadalupe and a couple other things and like a tech retreat, like Teens mm -hmm. Encounter Christ. And that was really good for me, but I went for the wrong intentions. There's beautiful women there and like girls, I guess. Um, and I was like interested in that, not really in the Lord, but the Lord still pulled me towards him, which was really, really helpful. Um, so after those retreats and NCYC and tech, um, I didn't have anything significant come from it, or at least I didn't know at mm. that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just went through high school, just like the average guy having a good time. You know, I went to uh, like parties and stuff like that and drink underage and, um, was just trying to fill that, that hole in my soul, the void that was there that consumed me by just through, uh, like using people. Honestly, mm. my father taught us at a very young age, he was an entrepreneur and he taught us how to use people, honestly. Um, that wasn't his intentions, but he told us that relationships and friendships were transactional, hmm. like just like a business. Um, like I get something from you and you get something from me. It's a hmm. transaction. And I never learned like uh, what a, like a virtuous friendship looked like from him. Hmm. So use was perfectly fine growing up. Um, and that bled into my relationships with women and uh, just like with premarital sex or just like lusting after them or using them mm -hmm. or anything like that, it was perfectly fine in my mind because I wasn't taught any other way. Like deep yeah. down, I knew there was something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that kind of just happened in high school and bled into college. Um, but yeah, I, after I graduated high school from Savannah High School, um, I joined the military and it's kind of like the family business. I have multiple uncles and multiple cousins in. My dad was a pilot. My, both my grandfather's in. My grandfather on my mom's side fought in World War II, which is amazing. Hmm. So it was just like a big deal. And I didn't have any other plans. Um, and they're like, you have to pay for college, Seth. So I'm like, how am I going to do that? I don't want to graduate with, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. So yeah. I tried to figure that out. So I joined the military right out of high school. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that was it was kind of like the transition from me becoming like a, from a boy to a man in my mind, even though after becoming a man, I was still doing lots of, lots of boy tendencies. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I went to San Antonio for basic training and hmm. then um, Wichita Falls, which is Northwest of Dallas yeah. for tech school. And that time period right there was the only time in my life that I never went to mass. Hmm. Um, I didn't go for probably like six months and I knew something was terribly wrong with my life, but I, I didn't know at that time. It just, yeah, something wasn't clicking. I was just, it was one of my rock bottoms in my life. And mm. it was just really, really hard for me. Um, so I got back, I was dating a beautiful girl at the time and I, I just got back and it just, the relationship wasn't of the Lord. She was Catholic. I was Catholic, but that was always important to me that I date a Catholic girl and mm. I saw the value, but we, we weren't 
like we were having premarital sex. Like we were doing like whatever we want. We we're pretending to be husband and wife. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I broke up with her before college started. So I could just maybe get like a new start, maybe like have like a new transition into college. Yeah. And doing that, like I jumped in like just as much as I could, um, into the college lifestyle as a freshman, I was a little, I got a little bit older. Like I said, like I thought I was like a little bit older, like mentally maybe because of the military, but, um, yeah, I was still using women, um, and getting what I want from those relationships, just kind of do my thing. I, I tried to join a frat. Thank God that that didn't happen because that would have been, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'd be, I'd definitely be maybe sitting here, but it just been a longer path. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just did that and I was just one thing after another, you know, just, I never got into drugs, thankfully because of the military, they drug test me, but I'm sure if I was <laughs> in the military, I probably would have tried it sadly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was introduced to the Newman center, um, from a girl that sat at my table at the cafeteria. I was <laughs> just sitting at the cafeteria one day. I went to go get my l- like lunch and food, came back. It was like a small table of like four, like just four seats. And she was sitting there and I, I didn't want to be weird or awkward. So I was like, can I sit with you? <laughs> like, even though my <laughs> stuff, my backpack, all my stuff's here. Just like, yeah, you can sit with me. And we just had this like really organic and beautiful conversation. And somehow our faiths got brought up mm. and she invited me to the Newman Center. Mm. I was like, yeah, like I'll go. Like I, I don't know anything about it, but like I know what mass is and yeah, like I don't know what adoration is, but I want to go. Yeah. Uh, so I went and I started getting like slowly involved and I was like, man, these guys are weird, but I like them. Like I'm a weird <laughs> dude, but like, I don't know. There's something about it. And then the girl ended up transferring out. So I like, I only met her like once or twice, but oh, she wow. just, it was this crazy thing. It's just, she was there for a very small season and she just introduced me to the Newman Center, which I'm so thankful for. Yeah, I just slowly got involved. I was still doing the things that, um, you know, I wasn't super proud of at that time. But my my conversion is very incremental. Yeah. Um, I listened to Lee Vollmer's uh, podcast oh, on nice. Sam Hill a yeah. while ago. And he was talking about the Camino, which is uh, like a small retreat that our Newman Center, Northwest Missouri State's Univer- like, uh, Newman Center put on. Yeah. And uh, it's just this Camino, which is from the Camino de Santiago, which is the way. Um, but yeah, it's just like a weekend retreat, kind of like a tech. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. Like, that's <laughs> like I've been to like a tech. I've been to like the, some of those retreats. Like I'm above that. I'm better than that. Like that's not going to change me type of thing. Yeah. So I did it and it was like really eye opening for me. And I knew that I've never been to adoration before. And mm. I remember like Lee talking about. I mean, it's just true. Like they have like this beautiful exposure of the Lord and it's, it brought tears to my eyes. Um, and I knew that like, this was like of the Lord and I knew this was real. And I knew yeah. the people around me were like amazing people and they were like striving in a way that I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, so that was really amazing. I still doing my thing, but I like still like going to Newman Center and um, I was dating like another girl at the time. We were just, we honestly met on Tinder and we were friends yeah. with benefits, which is just one thing. And it was really sad, but um, I, did, I didn't want to date her. So I, I wouldn't give her that yes to her being my girlfriend, which is looking back a really horrible thing to do. Um, but I broke it off because I was like, you know what? You're not my future wife, like a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to get into my faith. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't want to have like premarital sex. I want to like start striving. And then uh, there's like a gap there, like of the summer. And then I saw her again. And um, whenever I'd, I'd use some, it sounds really bad, but whenever I use somebody, 
um, for however I wanted. Whenever I'd see them again, I wouldn't be attracted to them again. But there was this this beauty behind her. Whenever I came back from the summer that I saw her again, and I was like, I want to pursue this girl, and I want to date her. Um, so I did, and we did, and it was an amazing relationship. And we we were like we set those boundaries, mm. like those emotional and physical boundaries, because she was mm. Catholic also. Yeah, and uh, she was just getting into her faith, and uh, I was like, I don't want to have sex. Like I I I want to treat you well and stuff like that. So we did, and obviously it was really difficult because whenever you've done whatever you want, like acted like husband and wife, and then going to nothing, it's uh, extremely difficult. But it's really good for the Lord, and it's really good for my heart and my soul, and for me. Um, we uh, continued to date, and then uh, it just ended up not being of the Lord. Um, so I, I asked the Lord for prayers for our relationship, and He said no. So I was <laughs> like, okay, uh, I have to break up with you. Um, during this time, I uh, was invited to go to Brazil with my good friend, and uh, my brothers came, and uh, we went to the Olympics, and we got to watch a friend compete in wow. wrestling. So wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that was really amazing. And uh, honestly, I was just having an amazing time, and it was like around my conversion time, and I found myself um, and my brothers and just my friend going to a brothel because um, like I... I don't know if they're legal or not, but there's they're definitely down there in uh, in Brazil. And I remember walking inside, and it was like a club, and it was just very beautiful women, and the men there were just you know average, obviously, or whatever. Um, and I knew whenever I stepped inside that I couldn't do this. Like I, hmm. and whenever I went in, I had no intention of sleeping hmm. with one of the women or anything like that. But I just thought it'd be a cool story, like a locker room story to oh, share yeah. with the guys, type of thing. But I knew in my heart and soul that I wanted to be 100% honest, like rigorously honest with my future wife. Yeah. And I couldn't tell her that I slept with a prostitute or anything like that, I think. So I felt like I was like in the gates of hell. Like hmm. it was it was like glamorous and there was beauty there and like all of that sexiness or whatever. But like in my heart, in my soul, like I was like, this is some dark stuff going on right now. And this yeah. is like spiritual warfare. I'm, I do not want to do this. Um. So yeah, that was another huge incremental hmm. um, turning point in my heart and soul. And um, I started going to more adoration. I started going to being more involved in the Newman Center. And I basically just looked at myself and I was like, I'm a piece of trash. Like I'm not a good human being. Um, and I fell to the lie that um, the day I've, I've known since a very young age of my vocation that I want to be a husband, I want to be a father, and I want to be amazing at it. Um. And I fell to the lie that the day I get married is the day that changes. That's the day I quit like masturbating and watch pornography. That's the day I quit having premarital sex. That's the day that, um, you know, whatever, whatever those chains were in my heart, my soul. Um, I fell to that lie. Mm. And then I was like, Seth, I need to work on myself. Like I have a long way to go before I can get married and have kids. Cause I'm not passing these generational chains onto my, mm. on my wife or onto my kids or my grandkids. Um, Cause yeah, my, my family has lots of generational chains, whether that's, um, you know, like verbal abuse or just alcoholism or anything like that. So that was relevant. And during this time, I would say the majority of my family went through a conversion at the exact same time, completely independent of each other, which is super wow. rare. Wow. Yeah. I, I was so mm -hmm. thankful for the Lord and we, we didn't really share it that much, but it's just huh. like looking back on now, it's like, 
yeah, we, we all had our conversion around the, the same time. It's like, yeah, we uh, started going to counseling because like my mom and dad were in a rough spot and they started going to counseling and they're like, Hey, we like this lady. Like you guys need to see her. Like <laughs> we screwed you up as kids. So like you guys need oh to go to gosh. this. Uh, so we, we, the counselor had like all, like all six of us, like, it was just like wow. hilarious. So she knew our family dynamic. She knew, um, what chains were, you know, those traumas in my heart. Mm. So she was able to work on those. Um, so I started working on my spiritual side. I started working on like my mental and therapy side. So yeah, that was just really big for me. And, um, just, I started striving in the Lord. I started leading Bible studies. I started like focus was at Northwest. I, I started getting more involved with them and I lived with a missionary for a season. And it, I just really said, gave him like a yes to the Lord. And I just didn't have any expectations. And like, I've had a lot of growth since then. So I'm, I'm just mm. extremely thankful for that. Mm. Dude, that's amazing, man. Thanks for, I want to thank you for yeah. laying it out there. Yeah. That's, definitely. uh, that's awesome. It's really, you described some pretty poignant moments where, like you said, I think you, you know, you used the word for the brothel episode of just kind of <laughs> being at the gates of hell and the Lord kind of like snatching you back, so to speak. And, and, uh, having a few moments like that, that's, um, that's profound when you hear sort of like really gripping moments where grace obviously kind of like, reaches down to kind of pull someone back from the, from the precipice, you know? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, so you finished college not that long ago. Right? I finished college in 2020 of May. Okay. Okay. So about maybe eight months ago. Or so. Yeah. Um, nice. So what's it been like, you know, this is a sort of a young adult podcast and <laughs> you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people that often the most jarring transition, at least up to that point in your life, is when people leave. If they go to college, is when mm -hmm. people leave college and enter, quote unquote, the real world. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, leaving home to go to college is kind of a, yeah, it's a transition, but but um, you still have lots and lots of support systems, usually yeah. in co colleges, depending on the school, but you get out into the real world, so to speak, <laughs> and it's kind of like the the whole, I don't know, realm of possibilities opens up and I don't know, it can, uh, can be tough. Some people transition fine, but how, how have you made it the last, uh, yeah. eight months? How's it been? Um, it's, it's honestly 2020 has been the best year of my life. Wow. <laughs> uh, nice. I feel just so thankful to say that, but it just, yeah. it's so true. Um, the Lord has healed so many chains in my heart. Like, like I was mm. referring to earlier, just those, those family chains, mm. um, of abuse, of trauma, of all those things, the Lord's been working in me, um, through recovery and just, um, yeah. uh, my family's in like a lot of like 12 step work mm. and, uh, we really like that stuff. And I've just said yes to that this year mm. and I've committed myself and I got a sponsor and I'm just like really working on myself. Yeah. And, uh, whenever I graduated, I I had my last summer at home, which was really amazing. Yeah. Kind of just like cleaned up my room. Cause it was, mom's like, Hey, we're making this like something else. Like nice. This, this, I'm taking over. <laughs> move, uh, your, move your junk. <laughs> yeah. So I I, nice. I packed up my stuff and I, I move into Mark Saffington's, which is it's been absolutely amazing. Um, living with that guy and just uh, a formation house. Like everybody in my house is striving for the Lord. Yeah. In a radical way, mm -hmm. we are uh, just 
trying to run towards the Lord as fast as we can and bring as many people as we can. I'm very thankful for that. Um, so I hit up Mark. I met him at uh, Tuesday at the Boulevard maybe a couple years ago. And nice. my older brother, Cody, he uh, met Elizabeth. And uh, we just talked to him and we we're like, hey, do you have any rooms available? So Cody and I just yeah. moved in in uh, mid-August, which is still during COVID. But I didn't have a job. So I moved to Kansas City without a job. I had some savings, thankfully. But I was like, I'm going to find a job and I'm going to meet a community. I'm, I'm going to meet some people. And then the first month or two, I probably met like a good 100, 200 people, Oof. which is <laughs> so thankful for, you know, yeah. uh, between like SBO, City on Hill, um, just uh, people at Good Council. Um, there's tons of people involved. Yeah. Tuesday crew. There's, uh, But yeah, I, I've just been able to meet a lot of people and get super involved because that was the reason I wanted to move to Kansas City. I, I knew yeah. that... Um, Whenever I was at Northwest, I had a strong community, and that's what pulled yeah. me toward the Lord. Yeah. And whenever I was in college, I actually deployed to the Middle East, and it was a it was a rock bottom for me. Another one, hmm. Um, hmm. I quit going to mass. the The priest was Korean, and he was an awesome dude, but I could hardly understand him. Yeah. And I was like, "There's nobody else here. I can't share my faith with anybody." They had extremely like uh, toxic masculinity and just hmm. super inappropriate, vulgar. Um, that military setting, which is, it's, there's a lot of stressors there, but I didn't want that. Yeah. And I came back and I, I prayed about it and I was like, oh, I need community. I need mm. to strive. Mm. And it's, it's kind of like uh, whenever you see a fire in the coals and you take one coal and set, take it away from all the others, mm. it just fizzles out. But like, if you keep all the coals together, it just keeps this roaring fire. And I knew mm. that I needed that. So I knew that <laughs> it was on fire in Kansas city. So I moved down here and Dude. It's been absolutely amazing since then. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one question I'm curious, going back to your family, how everybody had like separate yeah. conversions around the same time. Like, yeah. Have you guys all sort of <laughs> sat down together and just kind of like shared like how this person's story happened or that one or like, I don't know, do you guys, are you guys aware of like the yeah, pa- the I, paths I, of I each think other? we are because um, yeah. it started with mom and dad Okay, and they're at like a fork in the road. They're like, okay, we're yeah. going to get a divorce or we're going to like, like make it way better. <laughs> and uh, like they said, yeah. like the past like four or five years has been the best years of their wow. uh, entire relationship. They've been married maybe like 33 years wow. or so. But uh, praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise be to God truly uh-huh. because, and we all knew there was, it was at the breaking point. We're like, yeah. okay, like, <laughs> like. They're breaking up where they're sticking together and praise be to God. They stuck together um, because they showed me like what it means to be husband and wife mm. through thick and thin, you yeah. know, not just to give up and restart or saying yes to the Lord is really important. And we all said our yes at different times, like yeah. at the same time, roughly. Um, but yeah, now it's, it's amazing. Like we'll have family dinners and just talk about healthy communication. We'll talk about boundaries. We'll have a, like a feelings check where we just like have a card that has like the eight basic emotions and we'll like, yeah, dad, like I was frustrated the other day that you did this. Like, <laughs> like, why'd you do that? Like, and like, and then we'll create a boundary and just try to have that healthy communication. Or, uh, like my brother Gabriel will say something to me like Seth, like, why'd you come into my room? Like, and wake me up or something like, you know, yeah. something like that. And he'd be like, that's a need of mine that, uh, that you don't do that. Or, yeah. you, or you knock before you come in or you call me or something like that. Just like small boundaries. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm not saying my per- my family's perfect by any means, but we are striving uh, towards the Lord and through healthy communication, recovery and counseling and 12 steps. So. Dude, that's incredible. It sounds yeah. like your family is like a uh, 
I don't know, like a microcosm of like mer- mercy at work. It's sort of like I, I don't know what it you is. You know, like the Lord brings you all to like conversion, and now <laughs> your house is just sort of this like open channel of like just humble conversation. Because yeah. like in in most of the world, you know, like everyone's afraid to um, to kind of speak honestly with each other. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll keep things in, and it'll build into a resentment, or mm. we'll I don't know. We'll we'll ponder things too deeply within ourselves and end up falling into some kind of lie about who we are or who yeah. God is or whatever. But like to do, what you just described, <laughs> just like sitting around the table and being like, you know what, dad, like you, d- you did this the other day. That was frustrating. Like, am I, am I interpreting you right? Or like, what was your intention? Exactly. Or like, you know, like, and, and it's like, he comes from home from work and he has halts, which is, so uh halts is kind of like a therapy like term. It's like hungry, angry, lonely, tired, sick, or stressed. Mm. And whenever you have one or two, you know, I'm not feeling myself. Like if I'm yeah. hungry and lonely and tired, yeah. like I'm not going to be my normal happy self. So uh, we'll have like mm. a feelings check or like a check in like, Hey, like family, like, Hey Cody, like, Hey dad, yeah. I have halts right now. So if something I say like is maybe a little bit snarky or just yeah. rude, like I'm just really hungry and lonely and tired. Um, please don't hold that against me or don't, don't gain a resentment from that. Yeah. Um, so we're not, I'm not perfect by any means by checking in at that, (laughs) Yeah. but it's like, I might come back and like, I might've had that conversation and be like, when my brother's coming up to me or my mom be like, Seth, like, why did you say that? That was not of the Lord or that wasn't of like your normal self. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry, mother. Uh, I had halts at that time or I just, (laughs) I I just wasn't, it's not an excuse, but it's just like, okay, I understand. Um, yeah, Dude, that's that's awesome, man. I think uh, more of the world could could do to benefit from that kind of just <laughs> yeah, like just straight up communication. Yeah, it's kind of like because that kind of seems to strike the balance. You know, like often it seems in the world you have it can be easy to fall on one of two extremes in terms Truly. of like open communication with people. Either you never have honest communication and everything is just inside and it turns into resentment or all kinds of things. So true. Or you have kind of like the jaded cynic (laughs) on the other side who like literally has stopped caring about anything. And so they'll just say everything, you know? And it's like, well, where's the, uh, where's the balance? Where's the prudential middle there? (laughs) And it sounds like you guys are, you guys are working for that. So I think of like the first one as like, like, cause my family fell to that. I'm having just this huge rug and hmm. my parents learned it from their parents and their hmm. parents from their parents. So it's these family generational chains. Yeah. But I just, I think of it as this rug yeah. that we just sweep everything under, you know, and just yeah. this, this huge mound. And people like think that from the outside that our house is perfect. And like, we have this, um, everything together. But whenever you come inside, you see this huge rug with like just a, <laughs> a huge lump under it, and you're like, what is that going on? Like, that's super weird. And then, uh, on the, on the second one, I think of it yeah. as like, like brutal honesty, which is the cynical. And like, that's, that's not of the Lord either. I, I believe in rigorous honesty, which is. Mm. Like I can be honest with prudence yeah. and I, I want to yeah. share everything on my soul, but with a prudence and like in yeah. a chaste way that's, that's not inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's super funny because our family dynamic is amazing. And whenever we have somebody like a girlfriend or a new, like just a friend come over for dinner, our, yeah. uh, our family likes to play with them a little bit. So <laughs> like we'll, we'll be like extremely vulnerable yeah. and stuff like that. But we, uh, our family adopted a homeless man maybe like 12 years ago. Wow. We took him in and built like a small house for him. Whoa. And uh, that's like one of our family. It's not a prank, but it's like we don't normally tell people whenever they come over. And we're like, oh, hey, we have this extra like 
like plate of food. Um, would you like to take it to Lee? And they're like, who's Lee type of thing. And then, like one of us walk them out and they're like, they think we're like messing with him because our family loves to joke around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, he's Lee is like, he's there. And like, he's just like this, <laughs> he has like schizophrenia and like, uh, oh, wow. and he's like just a super mean man. But uh, yeah, he's just, he's just like a, a fun guy too. So we like feed him <laughs> obviously every day. And so whenever we have people over, we'll, we'll do that. And then also whenever we uh, say our, our blessing over our food, every single family member will say a prayer and like, we'll wait until the last person says something. So it might be, <laughs> there's some tension there sometimes. So we, <laughs> but uh, yeah, our family dynamic is, is way better than it used to be. I'm very thankful yeah. for that. Dude, you have a wild family, man. <laughs> yeah, That's <I> awesome. <laughs> He's got a, hom- a homeless dude that you took in. Yeah, there's actually like... a YouTube video. Uh, it's, what? It's Midwest Family Adopts Homeless Man. Are you serious? It's so cringing. I'm like pre-puberty and I'm like, <laughs> like just like little old Seth, like wearing an orange Nike shirt. And I'm just nice. like standing in the background. Like my dad's like the one interviewing or having the video. And then he's living in our uh, our tree house at the time. And it's in the oh forest. And it's gosh. like, it's hilarious. I have like this plate of food. And I just hand it to this guy and you can't even see him. It's like this dark hand comes out of the shadows and just <laughs> takes it. It's the video is so cringing. It was probably wow. made like 10 years ago or 12 years ago. What's but, it called? Uh, I don't even want to say it now, but if you want to look it up, it's a uh, Midwest family adopts homeless uh, man. There's a part one and part two. Uh, wow. But yeah, it, it may have been a terrible video, but that's still, <laughs> yeah. that's still like a real, that's a real act of mercy. Though, yeah. And that man. it's so that's crazy awesome. because our family didn't have our conversion at that time. Like yeah. our conversion was maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. So just to take in like a random home, like hmm. we don't believe in like that type of stuff normally, but we just saw a guy that needed, he was down on his luck. He needed some yeah. help, I guess. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of took him in. He was like hmm. in our garage for a while wow. and then our tree house. And then we got a camper and then now he has, <laughs> he's, he's promoted to upgraded to like a, a real, like a tiny home. So that's it's awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Wow. There's something else I was going to ask you. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess just looking um, looking ahead, so you've been in Kansas City for eight months or so, yeah. Where do you think, and you're kind of settling in, you know, you have yeah. a network of people now and some community yeah. and stuff. What do you think in the next, I don't know, year or two is going to be your biggest opportunity to kind of like, you know, spread the spread the gospel, expand the kingdom, Oof. like be a light? Uh, what, what do you think is kind of your, your prime sort of opportunity? That is a great question. Um, so I believe in, I'm trying to work on my, uh, just my life and living in a radical way. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, through the 12-step program yeah. and just um, through my community here at Good Counsel, I'm not a parishioner yet. Mark Sabinton <laughs> constantly reminds me of that. I haven't signed the one form, nice, uh, but I do want to be. And I, I have brothers here and I have friends here and I really want to create like a brotherhood yeah. that I know of others that, that have started um, just like me and my, my good brothers and my friends here, mm-hmm. just arm in arm, um, yeah. fighting spiritual warfare and you know, trying to help each other with chastity or trying to help each other with the big questions in life and just striving together, going to daily mass, praying a rosary every day, having that morning meditation, examine a conscience, um, all of those super important things. Yeah. If we're all on the battlefield arm in arm doing that together, I think that would be really amazing with me because I I know that I've learned a lot from Mark. I've learned a lot from Marco Casanova. I've learned a lot from you father and just a lot of other people here 
which I'm extremely thankful for. But I think I can help out a lot of people also, yeah. whether that be through addiction or um, just just being a friend. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, amen to that. We need to, you know, as uh, society disintegrates, we need uh, stronger connections between ourselves and yeah. whether that's men, you know, binding themselves together with other men, mm. women with women, and just sort of the whole, the whole Catholic community just kind of like, Linking arms and yeah, you know, um, that's awesome. Well, dude, it's great having you on. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for for sharing your story and getting real. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I don't know. You have any? Um, sometimes we ask people on the show any parting, like you have like a favorite quote or a Ooh, piece I, of piece of wisdom. I have a on? favorite book that I was thinking and praying oh, yeah. about today. Nice. Um, so past. Over the past couple of years, I've been reading this book. It's a daily meditation. It's like mm -hmm. based on uh, the 12 steps. Uh, the Language of Letting Go by Melody Beatty hmm. um, has changed my life. Huh. Um, I was dating a girl <clears throat> from Benedictine College, mm -hmm. and uh, I read one of the pages, and I was like, I need to end this relationship. Um, this is not of the Lord. Yeah. I remember the day. It was November 9th on the book. So if, if you guys buy the book, uh, read that page. Um <laughs> I, I, I was doing all the work in the relationship. I was doing like 80% of the work and uh, mm -hmm. shoot. But by me doing 80% of the work, I only let her do 20% of the work yeah. of the relationship. And um, there's other things, of course, going on. But I read that page and I've never had the clarity that I've had um, for mm. a relationship. Mm. And uh, we broke up like that week and um, it was mutual. She was, just, I, she was, she knew that something was broken in the relationship also. Mm. And, uh, just time and time again, that book just opens mm. my eyes and I'm like, yeah. wow, Melody Beatty, you are, <laughs> it's like made like, like written like 20 years ago, 20 years ago, probably. Yeah. Uh, but I've been reading it for three years now and yeah. there's stuff that I find all the time. I'm like, yeah. this is so relevant to my life, to my family's life or yeah. my friends or something. Yeah. But I've actually bought it because I believe in the book so much uh, for like 10 to 12 people. Nice. Like I just like, nice. <laughs> it's just crazy. Cause I'll give it to somebody for the birthday where they'll see it. Like, cause I keep it out like publicly yeah, yeah. They're like, Oh, what's that book? And then I'll tell them about it. And they're like, Oh, I'd love to have that book. And I was like, can I buy that for you? I would love to give that to you um, as a gift. But yeah, that's, nice. uh, that's no, one thing I want to pass thanks on. Thanks for sharing. I, I, lo I love hearing people like evangelize their favorite books, you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm actually, so bad about it I'll often like almost exclusively gift books to people for like birthdays and Christmas and pretty much just books that like I like it's really terrible I almost I almost never like no almost never but like often I'll it'll be a last second thought of like yeah. wait a second like just because I like this book doesn't mean this person will oh well it's already wrapped so <laughs> uh, but uh no, good, man. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm I think, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm honored, think, honestly. So. I, think, I think this, yeah, I think your story is going to bless a lot of people. So thanks for, hopefully, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, thank you all for listening, tuning in to uh, the City on a Hill podcast, and uh, look forward to having you back uh, next time. So God bless for now. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the City on a Hill podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a review so others will come across our content. If City on a Hill has been a gift to you, consider joining our mission by making a monthly gift. 
Learn more at kansascityonahill.org slash donate. Be your best and strive to be a saint.